Hello, my name is David Shire, and this is how it's going so far, the number one pop culture and TV recommendation podcast. Uh, well, we're recommending a TV show, and we're also going to recommend a video game, but the video game's also basically a TV show, um, if you catch my drift. So what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about two different things, two different pieces of media that I have somehow consumed uh, over the last couple of weeks. I don't know how I do it, folks. Like, literally, I have such a busy and crazy lifestyle. This last weekend, I decided to go out, and I ended up doing this thing called Meetup. Um, it's an app that is pretty popular in, Se- in the Seattle area. Um, so if you're in the Seattle area, you might you might see me at one of these Meetup events, but it's called Meetup. And uh, basically what I did was I went to South Center, uh, which is this mall in um, in Seattle. And it's it's like it's kind of like a Filipino Asian mall. Like uh, that's how I describe it. There's like this really uh, nice Filipino store uh, called Seafood City that's near there. Uh, it has a bunch of Filipino uh, restaurants like Jollibee's and um, Chow King. I love Chow King. Uh, they serve this thing called a uh, Sopal, which if you don't know what that is, it's like this. Um, it's kind of like a giant dumpling almost. Like that's how I would describe how it looks. But it's basically just like this giant bread ball. And in the mid, in the inside, they have this stuff called uh, mediasado. I think is how you call it. I don't know. I'm only half Filipino, so sometimes I like have to battle and contend with the two worlds. But anyway, it is so delicious. It's like basically you're basically just eating a wrapped up. A ball of dough and then there's meat inside and I can't I can't describe how delicious it is but anyway I went to the mall I ended up meeting with this meetup group and we ended up going to this bowling place called the one and it was super fun like I, I don't think I've had that much fun in quite some time because I love meeting new people I think ever since I went on that cruise by the way did I tell you I want a cruise but anyway uh, <laughs> ever since I went on that cruise I've been trying to be a little bit more social I've had a couple of really weird and interesting social interactions over the last couple of weeks and so uh, one I'll talk about maybe a little bit later uh, in the episode if I haven't already did I talk about it last week I can't even remember but anyway um, the the whole thing uh, was really great. Um, I just uh, I met like a lot of cool people. We ended up playing a bunch of board games, which is like you know my favorite thing of all time. And it kind of confirmed a little bit that I am just good at board games because sometimes you worry about it, right? Sometimes you worry that maybe it's just like your group of friends that you're with uh, that you're you're good with, and that you just gotten so used to beating like your friends at board games, and they've just kind of grown accustomed to it almost it's kind of like Stockholm syndrome where they like kind of expect you to beat them and so for whatever reason you still end up winning but no it was great it's great to meet like a nice group of strangers for the first time and find out yeah no I'm actually pretty good at board games <laughs> I still I have skills that kill um anyway I was playing board games with them I ended up there was also like uh, it was one of these weird places where like it couldn't decide what it wanted to be so it just decided to be everything it was like a board game lounge uh, or it was like a place you can eat like and drink and play board Board games. It was a billiard place, uh, which I also am. Like, legitimately, I'm legitimately terrible at billiards. Like, we were playing, uh, we were playing this one game of billiards slash pool. Um, for all the people who don't know what billiards is, uh, it's a, uh, it's. And we were playing this one game, and we ended up scoring pretty much every single ball. And um, I was not the one scoring him. It was actually my partner who was scoring all the all the points for us. And there's this rule in billiards where you're not supposed to hit the eight ball in, and. Um, so what ended up happening was is that we we got in all our solids 
and then the only thing that was left is the eight ball. And so I know, I know that I have to call my shot. I say, okay, top right corner. I hit the ball and I feel confident about it. Like I'm feeling really, really good. And I'm, I'm still a little bit nervous, but I hit the ball and then magically it goes into, it, it goes into the pocket. Like it, it feels like this real magic moment. Like I didn't score any points throughout the entire game yet. I was still able to score the final point, but then the white ball, uh, decided just to keep on going and it, it, it hit a wall, it hit another wall, and then apparently there's this other rule where if you scratch or if you hit the white ball in all while also hitting the eight ball in, uh, that you also lose. And that's what I ended up doing. It, the, the, the gods of billiard and pool themselves uh, decided that I couldn't have a good thing. So uh, I, we ended up losing that game. And my partner, my partner was really chill about it, actually. He, he was not uh, super mad at me about it, but it was, it was still like this really funny moment. Then afterwards, um, like, so like it has billiards, it has bowling, and then it also has an arcade for some reason, uh, the place that we went to. And so we go to, we go to the arcade and, you know, I'm just chilling. Like, uh, I tell people, you know, people like are just coming up to me and they're saying, you know, David, like I could tell you're so cool, uh, just based off of like your personality and stuff like that. It's really going in my head. And, you know, I say something stupid like, oh, you know, like, uh, people have told me I have the personality of a golden retriever <laughs> and people are cracking up. It's a great time. And, uh, I think, I think for me, it really emphasized like how important it is to be like social during these times because like I don't know like this last I ha- I'm having I'm coming off like a really bad day of work where it felt like everything was going right but then like one massive thing goes wrong and it just kind of ruins ruins the whole experience you know like it ruins the whole day and I'm, it's something I'm still like I'm still like processing in the back of my head because I know I'm gonna have to deal with it tomorrow right but at the same time, it's like, okay, but I can still rely on the fact that I know that life is, you know, still worth it, you know, because like, there's so many interesting people to see, there's so many interesting things that you can do. And that's really what kind of keeps me going, like no matter what. And so, you know, going out and doing those kind of things, I think is a very important. But anyway, that's kind of my my personal life stuff. Let's talk about like different types of media that I've been enjoying these last couple of weeks. That's also been kind of forms of escapism. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is this really weird game that I started playing called Danganronpa. Uh, I might be saying it wrong. Or uh, the first game, it's called Happy uh, Happy Havoc Trigger. And what is Danganronpa? Well, Danganronpa uh, is a game. It's a visual novel game. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's basically like it's basically like anime. Almost. I feel like such a weeb explaining this. But basically, you you start off like the way it works is that you're basically just going through lines and lines of text and you end up interacting with different characters by like clicking on them and then they give you some lines of dialogue. You have like kind of these predetermined, you're kind of like on this predetermined track. Like it kind of feels like a telltale game, except a little bit more restrictive in some ways where it has like a clear narrative it wants to tell you. And uh, if that doesn't really sound like your kind of thing, maybe it's not. But for me, it was kind of like this nice little, uh, it's like this interactive TV show almost, right? So, and uh, what the show is actually about or what the game is actually about is you play as this high school uh, student named Makoto and it's his first day going to Hope's Peak Academy. And what Hope's Peak Academy is, is it's this uh, government facility, uh, this government funded school where they only they only invite the best of the best. And so all their students that go to the school are called Ultimates. So for example, uh, one of the girls that you meet early on, her name is Sakura. Uh, she is the ultimate pop singer. And she basically is, is like in this idol band, apparently, which is like a thing in Japan. Uh, and uh, she she ends up uh, getting invited to the school because of that. There's this other 
a girl named Sakura, uh, who's like super jacked and <laughs> she's she is the ultimate like karate master. There's this guy, Hiro, who's like the ultimate clairvoyant. And so everybody's like gathering at the school. And then all of a sudden, like as you get to the school, Makoto passes out and he wakes up in the classroom with all these other fellow students. And this bear called Monokuma uh, tells the students that there's only that the school's on complete lockdown. You don't have any windows. You can't see outside. Like, it's all locked up and completely isolated from society. And Monokuma explains that the only way that you're going to get out of this situation is if you murder somebody. And if you murder somebody, then then what ends up happening is there's a disclosed amount of time. There's like an undisclosed amount of time where you investigate the murder and then you attend this thing called a class trial. And during the class trial, if the murderer is able to get away with it and vote somebody else out, they graduate and they get to go home. But if the other students uh, are able to figure out who the murderer is, or they call them the blackened, uh, then that person gets punished instead. They die, and then the rest of the students get to continue on with their lives until the next cycle of murder begins. So basically, it's just like this giant game of Among Us and slash Squid Game, and it's a really, really, really compelling compelling plot device, I would say. But the game itself is kind of terrible <laughs> in some ways. And I think that's what kind of, it has like this weird little charm to it. So like the way the class trials work is that you you spend all this time investigating. And I think the big problem with the game is that it is very long. Like it's a 20 hour game. Like each each segment of the game is about six hours and the class trials can sometimes feel like can drag on, especially when like during the investigations, when you find pieces of evidence uh, that clearly point to one thing. And then during the class trial, like everybody's arguing about it and you're like, no, please, can we just can we just say that this thing means this and can we just move on? There's like one particular trial where one character is arguing whether another character is dead. And it's just like the stupidest thing I've ever experienced in a game. But while you're playing it like during the time like it's just it flies by i think that there's also a couple like um english english translation errors especially like in like the first class trial there's like this thing that happens where it it's very clear that it was a japanese game that got transported over to english and they couldn't figure out a way to uh, make to make a certain a certain plot point work but either way like i feel like i feel like the game in concept is just so strong and so powerful that it, it really it really moves along. Uh, some of the mechanics are also a bit though. Before I start praising it, some of the mechanics are also a bit janky. Um, most notably, there's this uh, there's these two segments called uh, one's called Hangman's Game Gambit, where um, where during a class trial, like so, like the way it works is that like once you start doing the class trials. Uh, it starts doing this thing where it introduces like this uh, first person shooter mechanic almost. So if somebody makes an argument, you then have these things called truth uh, bullets. And basically what happens is, is that like multiple characters will start arguing with each other about a specific event. And one of the characters will say something that's highlighted in orange. And when it's highlighted in orange, that means that their statement could be wrong. And what you do is you take a truth bullet and then you use your little aimer thing and you shoot whatever whatever investigative piece that you found in it. So for example, if someone says that, um, that the, they must have been able to open the trash can, but then you have a 
truth bullet that says no, the trash cans are locked. You shoot that truth bullet at that area. Your guy Makoto is like, no, that's wrong, you know, in like typical anime voice. And then all of a sudden, like you, the game breaks, and then like Makoto explains why that has to be wrong based on like some similar reasons that you probably came up with here in your head. Now, Hangman's Gambit is kind of like that, except that it's basically just like this very simple puzzle where sometimes Makoto will like for seemingly forget like a very, a very, you know, not very forgettable phrase. Um, like there's this one segment where the, this, I guess this is a spoiler for later on, but where it's literally, it literally just, you can tell right away it says chess piece. And what happens is, is that these like letters fall down, fall down and you have to shoot the letters in order, but it's just like, my goodness, this is like the easiest thing in the world. And then there's like this other, this other segment where like, um, a certain character will argue with you and then won't listen to your arguments, so you have to play this rhythm game, and it's it's just bad. Like it's just not very good. But again, where the story where the story picks up is that it has like this weird charm about it. And you could tell that like the game was like very cult classic-y. Like the game came out originally, I believe, on the PSP and back in 2010, and then get an English release until like a year later. I think that's how that worked. Um, and basic, and you could tell that it has a lot of jank. There's like a lot, like there's a lot of things that aren't don't work super well with it, but. Overall, like it's something that kind of just took my mind off things while like everything everything else in my life was burning down, and so, and so I I still would recommend it even though I think it's a very flawed experience. And I'm actually like despite all its flaws, it took me about like two weeks to finish the entirety of the first game, and I've just started the second game. And the second game's already made a lot of major improvements uh, from the first game, uh, but the first game will still hold a special place in my heart. Um, if if I was to recommend anybody experiencing this series, I would almost recommend watching a stream of it as opposed to playing it if you're not really, don't really have the time to put in uh, 20 plus hours of your life into a single, into a single anime game and wanting to feel like that, a weeb. Um, I found, like, I've been actually re-listening to, um, to the game and uh, re-watching certain parts of the game to see what other people's reactions were. And watching them through like gameplay and commentaries is very fun indeed. Um, there's two that I would recommend. There's one guy, his name's Joseph Anderson. Uh, he's, he, he's definitely way harder and way more critical on the game. Uh, but then also there's the Game Grumps, which... Um, which are like very much so like give their own like kind of brand of comedy throughout the entire thing. And yes, uh, there is, it has every anime trope imaginable. There's a lot of flashbacks. There's a lot of repeating of lines and information of things that you should know. But I do think that the concept itself and just like, and the unique way that it's like, it's a murder mystery, but the murderers like progress through each level. So like, so, like, when you start off, the first murder happens, you're like, oh, cool, great, it's over, right? Except then you know there's going to be another murder. And as you kind of get to know each of the different characters throughout the games, uh, it becomes way more interesting to see what the human dynamics are between each character and seeing why a certain character murdered somebody else and how they ended up uh, doing it. And so that's why I would recommend the game. It's It's very weird, and if it's not your thing, and you could tell right away after, like, five minutes of gameplay, uh, then just don't do it. <laughs> but but if, it, it's, if it's something that sounds interesting to you, I would recommend it. Uh, and it gives us, I'll give it a solid, 
I don't know. Like, I'll give it a solid 3.5 out of 5 if I had to give it a rating, even though ratings are all, like, arbitrary. Uh, it sounds kind of crazy. Like, I played the game for, like, 20-plus hours, and I could only really give it a 3.5. But trust me, it's a pretty solid 3.5. Um, but let's talk about a 5 out of 5. Like, uh, the perfect... not I wouldn't say the perfect piece of media, because nothing's perfect in this world. But I would say it's a really, really good piece of media if it's something that you if it's something you really want to like start nerding out about and that's the owl house and the owl house is the show on Disney plus currently right now. Um, it's not a Disney plus original. It's actually airing currently on the Disney channel. Uh, but it's a show that I was recommended because I was watching a video called one villain is seen and it talked about the villain of the show who I won't talk about in this, uh, cause I don't want to spoil anybody, but the, the video was so compelling that I ended up, I ended up saying, okay, this art style, I'm really loving it. I'm really digging it. Uh, the whole like idea of it being set in a fantasy realm, cause you can kind of tell that through the, through uh, the video, I was like, okay, it's set in a fantasy world. That seems kind of interesting. So I'll give it a check out. And I, I didn't, I didn't expect to become completely obsessed with this show. I was really, I was really going in with zero expectations and what I came out with is I came out with possibly one of my favorite shows of gosh like the last five years I don't know like there's there's like I can't think of a show that really left me like this excited in quite some time and so what is the owl house so the owl house let's talk about the whole plot the owl house is a show about a human named Luce Nocera um she is a person of color which is super cool she's a uh, Dominican I believe and she is the most adorable nerdiest girl I have ever seen in any show and any media like she she is just so cute and so adorable. Like I was watching the episode earlier today and it said and uh, one person described her personality as like the laughter of a newborn baby. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much loose. <laughs> like she's just she's such a dork and she ends up uh, she's she ends up being like kind of this very endearing nerd type character, which I love, you know, like being a Spider-Man fan growing up. I always love kind of like the nerd archetype and love like kind of the the sassy nerd. And that's what that's what Luce is. But anyway, so Luce ends up uh, ends up. <laughs> what is she? She ends up uh, at school, like causing a lot of trouble because she does like weird things like she she ends up like. Uh, during one of her PE classes, she ends up freaking out her students by like other the other students by like doing this weird eyelid thing that kids used to do in school that was so disgusting. Where she like flips up her eyelid and she's like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she ends up having this presentation on this book that she really loves um, called Azora, where she had like this fight staged out between Azora and like these different like snake creatures, but she like actually brought snakes to the school <laughs> and they ended up going they ended up going amok. And so Luz is a bit of a troublemaker herself. And her mom ends up uh, telling her, who's also like very loving, uh, but she's like, look, Luz, you got to grow up and you got to stop being so weird. So I'm going to send you to the summer camp uh, called Think Inside the Box. (laughs) You're going to have to you're going to have to learn to be normal. And so right as her mother is sending her away, all of a sudden this door opens up to the demon realm uh, and Luz ends up walking through and finds herself in this demon world called the Boiling Isles. There she meets Ida, uh, also known as the Owl Lady. And. Uh, Ida is a witch that practices in my and wild magic in a world where witches are only allowed to choose specific types of magic and it's called a coven system and she also meets Ida's uh, cute like most adorable so adorable uh companion in King who is like this little demon with like a little he kind of looks like um 
I don't know, one of those, what was the name of the Pokemon? The Pokemon with skulls on their heads. I don't remember what it is right now, and we're not even going to pretend like I'm going to do a segment where I look it up. Uh, like, uh, we're, we're just going to continue moving on. But basically, he's like this little, like, little dog-like <laughs> looking thing, and he has, like, this little cute voice, and and he he believes in the first episode that he he used to be, like, this great ruler of the world until one day his, like, crown disappeared, and then... Um, and then now he's like reduced to this like really short and cute, adorable form. And they, the the comedy that they play with King, where he basically like acts like a ruler while also being really, really just like this adorable little thing, it reminds me a lot of my dog Marty, who's like uh, who's a pet Chihuahua, and. You, but you couldn't tell, right? Like he, the way that he acts, he like acts so princely. He acts like he he like runs this house, and it it, it can be very cute and very irritating sometimes. But I love I love King throughout the show. Like King is better than my dog Marty. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but anyway, as the series continues, though. Um, we see that um, that the whole show like starts off is kind of like the slice of life adventure in season one, where Luce is basically kind of learning different types of witchcraft. She's learning different types of ways to cast spells in her own human way. And Ida is kind of serving as her like really super chaotic mentor and kind of explaining the coven system and why she wants her to be a wild witch versus like joining up in one of the covens where you have to like uh, segment your magic uh, up a certain track. Um, she wants Luce to kind of live a different life than like what she was taught being raised and then we also see you know like a lot of king shenanigans where he's like trying to rule the world and or like whatever or he's trying to rule whatever is in front of him like in this last episode i watched uh king ends up accidentally becoming like a substitute teacher at uh loses uh magic school and and the way that he like completely dominates and completely like takes over like this classroom is just super hilarious um and Honestly, it's it's just like the the three of them and their interactions by themselves, I think, would be enough to sell the show. But what the show does really well in the first season is it introduces a lot of characters and it does a really good job at fleshing out their char- their arcs in the first 19 episodes that once things start really getting serious in season two and once the narrative starts taking over the show, um, you see... Uh, the show ends up breaking apart some of the characters and focusing on their individual relationships. You still don't feel like you lose anybody. And it's it's this really magical, like, I think it's the most magical thing about this show that's set in a world of magic. It's just how the characters interact and just how how it's able to stay, keep in this weird lane of being, like, this kind of weird, dark fantasy, but also maybe one of the most hilarious fantasy shows I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, uh... Like every single episode, there's something that just like genuinely just makes me chuckle. And it's it, it's something I, I've never experienced like this level of fun in a show in quite some time where I just felt like I felt like this warm blanket, like uh, like hovering over me and like just keeping me warm as I'm watching it. Because it's just like it's so it's so adorable at, at times. And the sad thing about the show, um, the only thing that I think that is really upsetting to me about the show is that um, I just finished uh, the final episode of season two, and it hurts. It hurts knowing that I have to wait for season three, and it hurts knowing that season three is only going to be consistent of three 45-minute 
episodes to conclude the entirety of the story. And the reason why that is the case is because apparently a Disney executive, nobody really knows who, but a Disney executive said that the show didn't quite represent the Disney brand. And to be honest, I think that's the show's greatest strength. The show is has some of the best LGBTQ plus representation I have ever seen in any form of Disney media. Like it's the way that it, the show presents it is it's very front and center and it doesn't it doesn't, it treats it in a way that's super normalized, you know, like the Boiling Isles as a concept and the the creator of the show has talked about this, Dana Terrace has talked about how the Boiling Isles is a place that's like, that doesn't have homophobia and the way that the characters react to, to certain characters, um, being LGBTQ plus in that community, it's just, it's just like, it's just like this normal thing. And it's just such this, it makes the world, even though like the world itself has these really terrifying monsters and is still, is still dangerous. Like the, the whole, every, every character is still so loving. And so it's, 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 it's honestly, it's amazing. Like it's so, it's so good. And it's like something I've never seen before in a show. And I've watched a lot of people do different reaction channels who are, who are part of that community and just seeing them react to seeing a character that reminds them of them and that they even wish that was a part of their lives growing up and seeing their reactions and seeing their reactions to the show. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's great. Like it's so it's so great and it's so wonderful and I'm so happy that the show exists because of that reason alone. And yeah, like if you if you end up watching the show and you end up loving it, like I'm probably going to write a letter to Disney and I'm probably going to be like what the hell? Like why, why are we only getting why are we only getting 3:45 minute episodes to conclude this story because like season 2's finale was so freaking good and it was so so excellent and I'm I, I am sure that the show is going to end on like this really great note and I'm sure it's going to be fantastic no matter what we get. But there's like just this really big part of me that knows that the creators want more and there's this part of me that knows that I want more. And I hope I hope to gen like my real hope in um in the next couple in the next couple of months is to generate some hype for the show and see if we can get like a movement going cuz I don't think I will. I I don't like I I I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it, it's dumb and like it feels dumb talking about a kids TV show like this, but I want it I want it so badly to succeed and I want more people to be to be watching this. So so for that reason, I am a uh, big announcement, I guess, is I am going to be creating a um, a separate podcast specifically for that show. I'm still looking for a co-host, but at this point, if I can't find anybody, I think I'm going to do the first couple episodes, like maybe the first four episodes I'll do by myself, see if I can generate enough hype and see if I can find somebody to be a co-host uh, with me. The whole reason I want a co-host um, in the first place and the reason why I don't want to do it completely by myself is that, you know, for... From my from my perspective, I am still you know like I'm still like a guy like I'm still a 26 year old man who's like you know kind of privileged. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I do have uh, I am a person of color like uh, but it is it's different you know it's different when you're growing up in the Pacific Northwest because for me there's like this really big Asian community and while I still feel like I've dealt with certain aspects of not being quite Asian enough and not being quite white enough because I'm half and half. Um, 
there like I still don't feel comfortable talking spe- about specific things without having somebody there to kind of to kind of balance me out, right? So like uh, I want and plus I just want more I want some people to talk to you about this on this show too. Like I think it would be so exciting to meet people and like maybe even have a multitude of co-hosts and just talk about how much we love this show. So that's what I'm kind of looking for in the future, but um the show is called Weirdos and Hexes if you want to support that. Uh go ahead um I think I created a trailer episode talking like where I talked a lot about a lot of these similar points and to kind of give more hype to the show. So if you want to check that out, um, I would subscribe to that. Um, speaking of shilling, <laughs> that's right. What a smooth transition. Uh, I created a, a new social account specifically for this podcast called How It's Going So Far. Uh, yeah, I know. Creative name for an Instagram account. But uh, there I am posting a lot more reels. Uh, my goal right now is to post a reel a day. Uh, to see if I can kind of build that account and build some more um, some more of an audience around this, and maybe again just meet more creators. Uh, that's kind of my goal right now. Uh, I've been I've been spending some time reaching out to other podcasters, seeing if I can get on different shows, and seeing if I can network a little bit more uh, during these uh, on different podcasts. So that's kind of my goal right now. I really do want to build this up because, like I said, like. Today at work, like it was a good day overall, but like the one thing that threw me off, um, I just can't, I can't do that anymore. Like I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of, <laughs> of feeling like I can get so much accomplished in a day and then having that one thing hit me like a brick wall and then having like this, this like mixture of like fear, anxiety and like imposter syndrome. I'm tired of it and I'm, I'm so sick of it and I, I want to be able to do what I love to do. I want to be able to create. I want to be able to just live my life, you know, and because we only get one shot at this, right? And so why not try to make it the best shot possible, you know, like, this is a multiverse of madness, right? So why not just try to make the best, the mess version of yourself, right? So I don't know, that's getting a little preachy. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) with that weird note, let's go ahead and end this show. If you want to support the show, uh, there's also the Patreon. <laughs> Maybe I should have brought that up sooner. Uh, if you if you support us on Patreon, then we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. But overall, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. My name is David Shire, and that's how it's going so far.